Christian, my friend, how are you? I am doing well, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. It's been too long. We had a a week hiatus there, and it's uh, great to see your beautiful, happy face once again. It feels like forever. It really does. It's funny that when, you know, when you start doing these podcasts, that moment of the week really does become a, uh, like a landmark of the week. You know, have you done the podcast podcast episode yet this week or not, you know, kind of is something always that you're thinking about. And then last week it felt almost like a little half empty, you know, like I, yeah. I needed, I needed my buddy here on the phone with me. Well, and it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't seem like all that long necessarily, but like you said, when you get in the routine of doing it, then all of a sudden, yeah, you almost, you know, you come to expect it. My, my dose of Chris for the week. So <laughs> yeah. um, maybe we'll just have to double down this week and, mm. uh, and, uh, and, and do it that the, uh, the old double cheeseburger of podcasts as it were, <laughs> you know, the extra patty in there. If you went to a Dunkin' Donuts and ordered a double double, would they know what you meant? I'm going to say yes, um, only because I've definitely uh, got, I probably shouldn't admit this, um, gone to McDonald's um, and ordered a double double and they knew exactly what I meant. Hmm. I feel a- like McDonald's that's in America, in America, you know, in America. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, well, wow. I, I mean, again, I'm, I'm in Buffalo, right? Like, so mm. I'm, mm. I'm Canada light here that, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. people know what a double double is. Okay. Speaking of which I have to um, reference a previous episode because remember we were talking about the, uh, the Tim, Tim Hortons coffee cups and how they say Canada's favorite coffee. And I didn't yes. know if it was spelt right. So confirmed favorite is spelt the American way. Here. So it's, it's spelt <laughs> really? without a U, um, but it's still Canada's favorite coffee. Uh, one of my coworkers had one and I literally ran up to them yesterday and was basically <laughs> like, I need to see this. What is it? And they it, were like, what are you doing? Like threw their coffee on the ground and basically, said, give it to me. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, and then, uh, so yeah, confirmed Canada's favorite coffee spelt the American way. So. I guess, I mean, when you think about it, now that I'm really thinking about it, the audience is fellow Americans, you know, if they're saying, hey, this is Canada's largest city, you know, it, then you wouldn't say largest the you know the Canadian way or whatever, not, <laughs> spell not largest the Canadian way <laughs> with with the silent Q in the middle. Of yeah, course. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I uh, that that is really interesting. I, I it always warms my heart whenever I cross the border, and now on my way to your place, I see uh, I see so many Tim Hortons cafe and bake shops on the other side. Yes, not to be confused with Tim Hortons. Yes, Tim Hortons cafe and bake shop, as they call them in the, the U.S. of A. So class. Well, how was your, uh, you know, now that we haven't seen each other for a week, I guess we should say the reason why was that it was Mother's Day. Yes. How, uh, how was your Mother's Day, Christian? My Mother's Day was uh, great, actually. So um, got the kiddo up uh, myself so the wife could sleep in. Um, and we went, um, my uh, daughter, my dog, and I went and got breakfast, went for a little trip in the car. Came home and got breakfast, and uh, mom was up and waiting when we got back. And so, you know, spent the day, um, you know, just kind of hanging out, and then uh, went to visit my mother in law and her mother uh, very briefly with our daughter to, you know, to go to grandma and great grandma's house for Mother's Day and give them their gifts. Um, and then uh, got to FaceTime with. Uh, my mom and dad, uh, but mom, as they are obviously across the border, a border which I cannot cross at this moment due to current mm-hmm. restrictions. Um, so got to see her with my daughter um, as well. So that was a nice conversation, um, too. 
So yeah, no, it was good. That's great. It's so interesting. I uh, listeners don't know this, but we didn't actually really talk about what our Mother's Days were before before this episode. And interestingly enough, I did almost the exact same thing in the morning. Basically, kind of scurried my daughter out of the house to give my wife the the sleep in without the cries in the morning. You know, just bundled her in the car after her feeding and went to Tim Hortons to get breakfast for us. That's literally what I did. I actually drove to the Tim Hortons drive-through and got some. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, so. Man. Well, that's now, as good. it turned out, she wanted eggs Benedict as well. So then we made a we had second breakfast. I like Kevin. Uh, uh, I like Kevin Malone. We went and Excellent. had second breakfast. Um, <laughs> but um, so it was good. But how was your Mother's Day? Uh, it was good. It was good. It was very low key. I mean, it was a it was a pandemic Mother's Day. I have to say that one of the interesting things that you kind of realize as as you grow older is. You know, when you and I rewind six or seven years when we were, you know, dating our current significant others, but well before we were married and well before we had a daughter, um, you know, when you think of Mother's Day, you think of your mom, you know, you just, you think of your mom and how you got to call your mom and spend time with your mom. And now you got your mom, you got your mother-in-law, you got your wife. There's so many moms that you got to think about. You got to get- The number of mothers has at least tripled. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, at least. Got flowers coming out of- Every orifice, you know, you're just you're blinking cards and crying. Hallmark and one eight hundred flowers just like made a fortune off me. Uh, so, but we had well, a really good well time. De- well deserved, of course. Absolutely well deserved. I mean, you know, it's uh, it's high time that Hallmark invested a little marketing into it. But it's it's really is a wonderful time to be able to give back. And you kind of you know for a brief moment in time, you just. Uh, are feel so embarrassed with how overwhelmingly lucky you are to have such a such a great uh, woman with you but more on that later in the episode anything else to add before we get this episode started christian uh just one thing briefly i'm sitting down as we are um, about to start uh, drinking a lovely ipa courtesy of my next door neighbor um so neighbor if you're listening uh i won this week's bet thank you very much <laughs> um, but, I heard a rumor, Christian, that that uh, that beer appears just hanging on the fence. Is that true? It is. Yeah. So uh, to make a long story short, we have there's a uh, baseball pick'em app that you can use called Five for Five for those of you who are interested. And you just pick games. It's fun. There's points, whatever. Anyway, my next door neighbor and I have a uh, a weekly bet that whoever wins that week uh, gets a beer from the loser. And uh, so we share a driveway, or like you know, our fence splits our our two properties. And so the next morning on Monday morning, there's a, a beer hanging over the fence in the winner's driveway. So this is um, a zombie dust IPA, courtesy of Three Floyds Brewing, courtesy of my next door neighbor that was hanging over the fence this morning. So mm. Victory uh, beers always taste that just extra notch just, tastier, don't they? Just so crisp. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> um, so no, man, I'm, I'm ready to go. You ready to get this thing started? Let's load it up. Load it up. Christian, uh, I have to say, you know, on, on Mother's Day, I have something very important to share with you. My uh, mom's sisters recovered really well from COVID. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it was their antibodies. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, from either side of Niagara Falls, welcome to Dad Joke Loading, the podcast about two new dads surviving fatherhood, one week and one dad joke at a time. He's Christian. I'm Chris. 
and we've got some more hot topics to bang on about this week. But first, some thank yous. Uh, producer Ryan, I, we've got some interesting Producer Ryan news loaded up that we have very excited to share with you uh, coming up. Um, so, Producer Ryan, uh, more on that later. Thank you for producing um, all that you do, even when it's not so easy. Michael Spicer, Michael Spicer Music, for all of the incredible sounds you hear coming into your ears, aside from my voice and Christian's. Um, and of course, Vishal Murthy, the vet cartoonist, incredible illustrator, check him out. Most importantly, our wives and daughters, thank you so much for being part of our lives and um, being the inspiration for everything we do. And of course, a listener pointed out the most important thank you that we need to be giving our, our listeners is thank you for taking time out of your week to join us for an hour plus every week and talk to us about fatherhood. Um, we'd always love to hear from you. Dadjokeloadingpodcast at gmail.com. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram, and we'd love to connect with you. So that's about all. Christian, what are we, what are we going to talk about this week? Well, it's funny that this is a, a uh, podcast about fatherhood, but um, this week, uh, the, I mean, we're a day late recording. Normally, we record on, uh, on Sundays, but of course, this Sunday was Mother's Day. Um, and so because we were spending time with our wives and daughters, we thought who better to do an entire show about than uh, the moms in our lives. So this podcast about fatherhood is actually going to be a whole lot about mothers this week, um, which I think is a fantastic way, a very even small way that we can try to repay, uh, repay them and pay tribute for all of the amazing things that they have done. We also got them flowers, just in case anyone's wondering, like, oh, you know, sorry, this, yes, this is absolutely. our gift to mom. Um, yeah, I mean, we just thought that they'd love a podcast episode. So we just... Well, you know, I made a picture out of macaroni. Oh, that's great. Oh, yeah. wow. I bet you I bet you glittered the heck out of it, too. Is there any other way? <laughs> yeah, I think that's great. I'm really excited to talk about how um, important and influential our moms have been but also how uh, incredible the transformation has been in our own wives and seeing them uh, become mothers, something that impresses me every single day. Um, but first, why don't we talk a little bit about the people who shaped us into who we are, brought us to this point, talking into these microphones uh, about motherhood, uh, our own moms. What do you think, Christian? I think that's a great idea. All right. Well, I'm going to ask you first off, Christian, what, what was your first memory of your mom? You know, if you think back to when you were a kid and you were thinking um, what life was like growing up, what, when you think back to being really, really little, some of those first memories, what stands out to you in your head from those early days? Well, I think I have to answer that question in two parts, uh, because one of the earliest memories I have is one that my mom continues to remind me of, because she jokes that it's the day she showed the most maturity and didn't kill me. <laughs> um, and it was when I was four. And for my birthday, um, yes, it was around my birthday, um, I believe. Mom, please correct me if I'm mistaken, but I thought it was around my birthday, but maybe it was in the springtime. It might have even been Mother's Day. But anyway, my mom paid for a professional photos to be taken of our family as well as my dad's mother so my grandmother um as well and so she, you know we went to this studio and this that and the other thing you know she got me all dressed up in the uh, you know i had all the oshkosh oshkosh is that what it is oshkosh the yeah, you know, yeah, overalls yeah. Osh, oshkosh bagosh oshkosh yeah. yeah all the <laughs> yeah. you know i had that from head to toe um 
for those people who who know me now, I was a super blonde baby um, and child. So I had this like blonde hair, you know, rosy cheeks, um, you know, I was cute then, but what happened? And, you know, get, you know, on the way there. And then I get there and apparently, and I don't recall this myself, but my mom, again, continuously reminds me that I just didn't want my picture taken. <laughs> and so there we are, we're already there. You know, my mom's paid all this money and I just don't want my picture taken. And I proceed to throw a temper tantrum about said pictures being taken. And so my mom is, tries every trick in the book and, you know, she brought all my toys. I was a big Thomas the Tank Engine fan. So I had my Thomas the Tank Engines, um, you know, all these types of things. And I'm just like screaming my head off. And um, my mom is like, you know, as 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 mothers tend to do, you know, start out real calm and then slowly the threats start coming in and <laughs> yeah. uh, and all that type of stuff. And I'm I'm sure as she tells the story, you know, she threatened me within an inch of my life. Not actually, of course, but, you know, obviously super angry. Anyway, there's my brother, three years my senior, ready to capitalize. I don't even think he was supposed to be in the photos. I think this <laughs> was just for for me. But he is he's lost like two of his front teeth. So he's just got this gap tooth, like, you know, smile and whatever. And he's there to capitalize. Oh, I'll get my picture taken, mummy. And so the only way I would take a picture is if I was holding my Thomas the Tank Engine and my brother swooped in. And so we have that picture still. <laughs> and it's just an awful photo. And so that was the only way. My grandma got some photos taken or whatever. My mom is so mad at me. And we had these <laughs> dinner reservations. And then we went to dinner after. And apparently I was just an angel at the restaurant afterwards. And the waitress was like, oh, it must be so nice. And, and to have, well, and my mom's like literally kicking me under the table, just being like, your yeah, was, it's so nice. Your mom was five seconds away from standing on her chair and addressing the restaurant. <laughs> yeah. Let me would. tell you about this afternoon, fair waitress. And uh, so that's one of my earliest memories that is, it turned out to be a very funny story because now that I get made fun of for that photo uh, constantly um, and, and well-deserved. But no, what I, what I really remember about my mom growing up is my mom was always very super supportive of, of whatever I wanted to achieve um, and what I wanted to explore. Um, but to make sure that I always stayed very, um, you know, well-rounded and grounded. So she wanted me to, you know, be exposed to a lot of things, whether it be, you know, music, academic sports, whatever. Um, but also kind of, you know, stay true to, um, you know, you know, developing into a good person. Um, so I, I very much remember my mom's commitment to that. So that's, that's, that's really what I took from, from my mom growing up. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. But um, what about you, Chris? What do you remember specifically growing up? Or have you been told about your, uh, you know, childhood growing up from your mom's? Mm, that's a good question. Well, I mean, in total fairness, you know, in transparency and uh, equivalency here, I'm happy to counter with my sort of the most embarrassing aspect of my childhood, although that's probably debatable because there's probably a lot of contenders in this category. Absolutely. Um, but uh, I mean, I was a terrible sleeper and I was, I mean, I was so bad on my mom, you know, just not sleeping for hours and hours until I eventually came downstairs and watched multiple reruns of MASH on Prime TV with her until she just couldn't stand coming upstairs and tucking me back in again. So I, um, <clears throat> I remember her having patience more than anything with me. Um, someone who had, um, you know, 
not not only difficulty sleeping, but in in any in any situation, I think when you're a child, you don't appreciate the patience. Um, and sacrifice that your parents make for you. When you think of the word sacrifice, you even think, oh, they must mean financial sacrifice or things like that. But uh, I mean, what I see and what I really appreciate more so is the sacrifice of of their day, of their time, of who of who they are, you know. So I was talking to my mom on the phone today, and um, you know, she was talking about uh, coming up in in the summer at some point is my birthday, and she said, you know, why don't I take your daughter for the day and, and give you guys um, a bit of a rest? And uh, I said, you know, yeah, that would be lovely, you know, just to kind of be ourselves uh, again for a day. And she says, honey, I've got news for you. Being yourself now is being a parent. That is a day off from being yourself. And so that that change in who you are, and as Christian said, we'll talk a little bit about that later. But I definitely now have a greater appreciation for that change. Yeah, that's well said. Um, and, uh, and the patience she had. So what I remember growing up is her patience with me. But in terms of actual tangible things that I remember growing up, um, I remember um, when I was really, really little, um, you know, maybe six, five, six years old, um, I had stuffed animals and it was the World Cup that year. <clears throat> and I was so into it. So I made soccer teams out of all of my stuffed animals and my mom working a full time job, you know, way more than 40 hours a week, a uh, single mom at that time, basically uh, sacrificed her entire weekend to play stuffed animal soccer with me. And all I can think is in myself, you know, my selfish 30-year-old self sacrificing all that time. And I look at her and just seeing, and, and, and all, I can, all I can think of is admiration for her and for what that means. Um, and so I remember her spending time with me uh, and I remember that patience. So that's what I remember growing up. My actual first memory of my mom was being uh, of her picking me up from elementary school. I think she told this uh, story at my wedding, which you would remember well, and me belting out the tune of Fat Bottom Girls by Queen <clears throat> at the age of four. And In fairness, just... Chris, I only remember parts of your wedding very well. <laughs> Everything got a little bit blurry at a certain point. Okay. Um, so yeah, I remember my mom being fun-loving, talkative, and uh, um, always patient when I was growing up. So that uh, those were some of the things from when I was little. But you know, we talk about this respect that we gain for for our mom as we become parents. But one of the other things that we appreciate when we become parents um, is a whole new level of respect and admiration for them becoming grandmothers. Um, so I've noticed a bit of that change in my mom. Some of that. Some of that. Um, some of those motherly traits kind of coming out again. And so I'm curious, Christian, now that <clears throat> your mom has become uh, a grandmother for, for the first time, I believe, right? Your daughter Correct. is the first, uh, is her first. Um, what, what were the things that you sort of noticed in her after that, after that change? Uh, well, I think I referenced this a little bit on a previous episode, but I think my mom now relishes in the joy of being like the fun grandma, you know what I mean? Not that, not that my mother-in-law is not fun. That's not what I mean. But now she doesn't have to do the mom thing. She gets to be like, you know, like the fun parent who gives the kid back afterwards. And, you know, right. like she is definitely relishing that role um, and, and taking it for all that it's worth, um, which is, uh, which is really fun to see. I really do see her enjoy it immensely um which gives me a lot of joy as well although it is tough right now obviously just not being able to be with her and i know my parents um 
both struggle with that. Um, but just not being able to physically be with her and, you know, right now, just cause we're doing everything virtually, but, um, yeah, it's a really interesting combination that I love of my, so I've mentioned before as well, my mom being a educator for almost 45 years. Um, so it's, you know, she's very in tune with childhood development in a lot of different mm -hmm. ways. Um, but then, then just mixing that again with just that fun, silly, um, type of, uh, you know, type of relationship as well. And, um, which I've, I've really enjoyed seeing and it's giving them a kind of a little new kind of, you know, lease on life and, you mm -hmm. know, reason to be silly and, and that not that they needed one before they were plenty good at it, but, um, but, you know, yeah, it's been really fun to, to see that, um, kind of develop. And my, my, my mom is also very, um, cognizant of, you know, everything that she gets my daughter and, um, or does with her is all very developmental as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so in a fun way, but also, so I think I've mentioned before, um, you know, my, my mom, uh, fluent in sign language because of her nonverbal students before. So she's very adamant on doing that type of thing mm. and, uh, and all the different learning styles, but, uh, yeah, mixing it with a, a ton of fun, um, and silliness as well. So that's been a really cool thing to see my mom, uh, get to do, frankly, um, you know, just being that's really cool. Do you, uh, you mentioned, you know, right at the start of this, <clears throat> an interesting concept, which I'm sure exists. I mean, I think I even see it in my own mother and mother-in-law, but do you, do you ever think about, you know, that your mother and mother-in-law are kind of thinking about each other a little bit? And I don't, I don't want to say competing, but kind of understanding what their role is and wanting to increase their role as much as possible. And kind of going from that, do you notice a difference uh, in those kind of change, those characteristics that change into grandmotherhood between your mother and mother-in-law? Do you notice uh, big differences there? Um, so I guess I'll answer the first part of that question, which is you mentioned kind of being cognizant of the other. Um, I don't really, I mean, they definitely are, like you said, it's certainly not a competition by any means, but um, I think it's also been a little bit of a different scenario for us just because my mother-in-law lives down the road, whereas my mom lives in a different country. Mm -hmm. And so, and although that is two hours away, I mean, it's not like it's that far, but especially with COVID, um, my mother-in-law has been the primary caregiver for my daughter, whereas my mom has been, you know, the grandma on the screen, you know, in the right. FaceTime for the past year and a bit. So, um, I know that's weighed on my mom significantly. Um, but I am also very, very lucky that my mom and mother-in-law get along excellently. Mm, and, that makes a um, difference. and so there is, um, I'm sure my mom is very jealous, but only because, she wants to spend time with my daughter, not because, right, you know, my mother-in-law is spending more time. It's just that she <laughs> wishes she got to spend more with her, which is because more of the pandemic, you know, than anything. But uh, but uh, in that standpoint, but um, to answer your question about changes in, in that standpoint, um, I don't know that I've noticed anything specifically. Um, my mother-in-law actually was a caregiver, like a nanny for kids in the neighborhood, like prior to my daughter being born anyway. Oh, wow. So I've already I kind of no like idea. see her in that. I've seen her in that role before. Mm. Um, so it was just kind of like a natural extension, you know, right. of, uh, right. of that. So I don't know that there was any like super huge change that way. Um, but uh, what about you? What what changes have you noticed in your or your and your wife's parents specifically mm. as it relates to your daughter? 
Well, one of the things I think the most remarkable similarity that I've noticed is sort of this, um, I guess what my mom once called sort of the automatic connection. And when I say automatic, I guess what I'm trying to describe is sort of that innate nature-born hardwired instinct um, that we as parents have to care for our children. Um, I think that extends uh, into grandparents um, caring for their grandchildren as well and having that kind of innate natural connection to one of your own grandchildren that is just so unavoidable and automatic. You know, the first moment that my mom saw um, our daughter, she immediately teared up, immediately, immediately, and just I saw a look in her face that I had never seen in my entire life before, and that was probably because the last time she had that face was when I was born, you know? And so to see that kind of automatic connection, I've seen that in both my mom and my mother-in-law. And I think that that kind of similarity is really interesting. They're very, very different people. I mean, you know them both. They're different in the way that they, you know, who they are, just fundamentally. Sure. Um, but they have that same just innate connection and um, desire to protect um, their granddaughter. And that kind of desire to protect thing, I think that what that extends to is something that we all as parents experience, which is, of course, our parents saying the same things that they said to us when we were five or six years old, but now as an instruction to us. Uh, is that is that blanket thick enough? Oh, make sure she's got the mittens on. Oh, she, you really need to drive safely. Make sure she's got the coat. And you think, ah, glad to have this all back in my life again. But it really is, you know, because it, it really shows that kind of innate caring and protection that I think unites not just all moms and dads, but as I'm increasingly learning, unites all grandmothers as well. It's really funny how, like you said, they just like they there's just this amazing knack, like you said, of just like, um, do you think that blanket's warm enough? Just that like <laughs> little like calm, you know, kind of passive, just grandmotherly question. <laughs> that's just like you know and they're just like yeah you know yeah i get it mom you raised me yeah i get it you survived and so, so did i somehow um but uh yeah that's it, it, it's funny i i'm glad that it you know is spread across all um like all all families because it is yeah. it is it is very funny and and they also love to bring up uh and compare you as a child as well, always. you know, or as always, right? Oh, like man. if I'm saying, oh, you know, you know, my daughter was, uh, you know, up all night doing this, that, and the other thing or whatever, <laughs> they're going to be like, oh, you think that was bad when yeah. you were a kid, you know, like Thanks, whatever. Mom. Oh, you think that poopy diaper is bad? You shit six times a day or something yeah. like that. I'll be like, oh, thanks, mom. So yeah. good to know. It's like, it's like you're first getting into running and you're coming back from like your first two kilometer run meanwhile your mom has just finished her ninth boston marathon she's like kid you got nothing thanks mom i'm trying over here <laughs> but uh i i have to to close out at least my section of this um of this component here christian with just uh, a, a very brief but really heartfelt thank you to my mom for uh doing everything that you did to raise me um everything that you sacrificed, the person that you are directly influenced the person I became, and I'd be no one without you. So mom, I love you so much from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for watching every episode of Jeopardy with me, even if you didn't want to, driving me everywhere, even when you might not have wanted to, and just always being there for me. I love you, mom. That's all I got to say about that. And to my mom, uh, 
I'll call her Mama Roberts. Roberts is her maiden name. She is a Roberts at heart. Um, I, I would not be the man who I am uh, if, if, if it were not for her. Um, she continually pushed me to be better, but always reminded me to be myself. Um, she always made sure that her expectations were high, but her support and caring were even higher. And um, a lot of who I am, although she does call me uh, my dad's twin, um, because my dad and I are also very alike, um, a lot of who I am stems from the woman uh, that she is and continues to be. And uh, for that, I am uh, eternally grateful and words really do do fall short. So, Mom, uh, I love you very much. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you for being not only a phenomenal support to me, uh, but to my wife and to our daughter. So um, that being said, uh, we will close out this segment before we get too, uh, too sappy. And uh, we will be right back with a recurring segment. Um, and then we're going to get to talk about um, our wives and, and their phenomenal transfer, transformation into mothers themselves. So this has been the Dad Joke Loading Podcast. Get in touch with the show, dadjokeloadingpodcast.gmail.com. Give us a, a, a like, listen, follow on social media. And we will be right back in just a few minutes. Hi, I'm sound designer and composer Michael Spicer, and I want to help you with the audio in your podcast. Take your audience wherever you want, with locations like this relaxing meadow. That's nice. Except for that fox over there. Or maybe a bustling city is more your speed. Fox for sale. One fox for sale. Or maybe somewhere a fox wouldn't be, like next to an active volcano. Okay, if you need sounds or music for your project, go to michaelspicermusic.com! And welcome back to the Dad Joke Loading Podcast, Mother's Day edition. I'm Christian, this is Chris, and we're going to head right into a recurring segment that we've done multiple times before, um, but this is going to be a story about a really badass mom in From the Vault. And so, Chris, I was on ESPN.com this weekend, uh, being Mother's Day weekend. They had a tribute to a lot of different, you know, mothers in the the sporting world. Um, They had a couple of commercials out. So Candace Parker was one. Serena Williams was another. Um, But then there was a really interesting one from Arizona, University of Arizona women's basketball coach, Adia Barnes. And so for those of you who don't necessarily necessarily follow women's college basketball, uh, Arizona made the national championship where they unfortunately fell to Stanford, I guess, unfortunately for Arizona, fortunately, if you're Stanford. But anyway, there was a, a well-known story that kind of came out after the fact um, because the coach was late coming out from halftime. And so everyone was kind of like, oh, I wonder what's going on there. And it turns out that it came out after the fact that she was, in fact, um, breast pumping because she needed to pump breast milk for her seven month old. And so this story came out and, uh, you know, there was all this kind of hubbub about it. And, oh, my gosh, you had to, you know, pump breast milk at halftime and, you know, of the national championship game. And, you know, there was a big article about it and interviews all over the, you know, everywhere. And. Uh, 
Um, the really interesting part was just her um, almost nonchalance about it, um, which was just like, yeah, I have a baby. Like I needed to pump breast milk for my baby. And it was just this very kind of uh, very proud response that she gave about it. And uh, there's a whole ESPN article about it, which I would encourage you to read. And, and, and basically her, her mantra was that, um, you know, she went through all of her, um, you know, struggles with having children prior to that and, um, you know, having to go on the road all the time and being in a pandemic, obviously with a young child and having to coach basketball all the time and, and, and that type of stuff. And she really looks at it as a privilege. Um, and she Mm -hmm. was like, yeah, I get to do what I love, uh, with, with whom I love and uh and get to be a mom as as through it all and so she really took it as a um a a badge of of honor and and pride to be able to do so um which i thought was a really really great uh viewpoint to have which is just you know women have um you know career aspirations and i mean again a very taxing you know job in terms of being a you know in the national championship of women's college basketball um, but then at the same time, just being like, no, but I'm also a mother and I need to do this job too. Um, and so taking them both with equal, um, you know, strength and fervor and, um, and intensity, I suppose, um, in their passion towards it. So that was, um, so that was a really cool, um, you know, story to be able to bring out. Cause everyone's in there going like, oh, she had to, you know, pump breast milk at the final four. And she was like, well, yeah. Like, I'm a mom. That's what you like, you know, that's that's what I chose to do. Like, this is how I take care of my child. Um, And and so it was a it was a very, very cool, um, you know, dichotomy of both the normalization of that, as it should be, of course. um, But then also the pride and passion she takes um, in in both of her in both walks of life, which is, yeah, I coach the national championship. Um, but I also got to be a mom through it too. So, um, so Adia Barnes, uh, badass, um, yeah. kudos to you. It really um, is. And so that's our story from the vault. It's so, so impressive. I mean, when you think about it, you know, when we think of professional athletes, I mean, I think you and I, based on our, you know, backgrounds growing up, I mean, we'd, we'd think of NHLers pretty quickly and you think of how much commitment of your entire life uh, as an NHLer, you have to have to your sport to be at the top level. You can't put anything else number one other than being a professional athlete and being a hockey player in order to, in order to make it. And seeing seeing my my wife become a mom. I mean, we'll get into that in a moment. Um, but also seeing me become a dad and you become a dad and everything. You know, you you really put your kid first. Your kid is more important than anything you do. Your career, your job, anything. And so to be in a position where you have to prioritize your child and still somehow put in more effort than anybody else on the planet to accomplish what you need to in sports is one of the most incredible things in the world. And so to see female professional athletes do that um, is just one of the most amazing things. There was a great um, article. uh, I mean, you brought... Uh, ESPN into it. So I'll bring the Canadian equivalent Sportsnet into it. Um, they did a, an article this week on um, by uh, an author named Christina Rutherford, 
called um, the hardest, most underappreciated comeback of all time. And by comeback, they're referring to professional female athletes that come back from pregnancy. Mm. Um, and my favorite uh, little funny anecdote from it was that Christina Rutherford on her um, women's uh, rec team, her and her friends jokingly call it an MBI, middle body injury. Um, poking fun at the upper body injury and lower body injury that NHL coaches love around playoff time. But it was a very serious article, and I really recommend checking it out. Um, a very, very good read. So check that out. Well, speaking of, um, we mentioned kind of having, uh, you know, career, um, you know, aspirations and endeavors, but then also becoming uh, mothers in that, uh, both our wives, um, who are veterinarians as well, um, you know, in their young careers, then both became, excuse me, moms. Um, and so now have a very similar, um, you know, uh, a division of time, I suppose, if, if I can call it that for lack of a better term, which is now not only are they amazing, uh, veterinarians, um, but now they are also both amazing mothers. And so Chris, I'm curious, what is something that now, uh, cause we were talking about this a little bit before we kind of hit record, which is, uh, we were babies really mm. when yeah. we started dating our then girlfriends, totally. now wives and mother, um, mothers of our children. Um, what is one of the most kind of prominent, uh, changes, uh, you know, whether it be innate or otherwise that you've noticed in your wife, um, now that she's become um, a mom? Mm, that's a great question. My wife and I were actually talking about this uh, just the other day um, about a couple of changes that that we've noticed in ourselves. I have to say that the thing that from the outside I have noticed and appreciated the most is a complete loss of any kind of... Um, What's the word I'm looking for here? Self-centeredness. Um, we as human beings, myself included, yourself included, all of us as humans, um, always try to put ourselves first uh, in some situations. Not all situations. That, that would make you a jerk. But in some situations, you put yourself first. And, you know, I know there are so many times where I've been self-centered um, over the last 10 years of me being with my wife. We've all had moments where we've been self-centered. Um, I don't think my wife would kill me to say herself included, all of us. Um, but now as a mom, I, I almost never see that. You know, everything is always filtered through the lens of what's best for our daughter and how, how best can we make her day good. And it's just so remarkable to me to see someone change in front of me from a person who I thought was impressive and amazing and who I loved and wanted to marry for the rest of my, li my life um, in front of my eyes transform into this superhero who just only puts their child first and never, ever focuses on themselves or has any kind of self-centeredness. So that, that is easily far and away the biggest change that, that I've noticed. Have you noticed any, any kind of change like that at all, Christian? Yeah, definitely. Um, th that's a, a, a really good point that you bring up. It, what I am most, I shouldn't even say that I'm surprised because, I mean, let's be real, both of our wives are are um, pretty amazing people and, and badass in their own right. Uh, but just with the, it's funny, and this, this kind of goes to show maybe the innate or genetic or, uh, you know, we talk about nature and nurture, you know, nature component of this, which is just with no training whatsoever, 
you know, nobody, I mean, you have people that you rely on, um, you know, you have books that you can read and all this, all this type of stuff. But I mean, until that baby gets there, I mean, you don't, you don't have a clue what's going to happen. And just with the, um, I'm not going to say ease because I know, I mean, being a mother is very difficult. So, um, but just with the grace and, um, uh, yeah, you mentioned like selfless selflessness that they just, um, kind of just assume this new role, right. Where it's just like, there's no, um, point that they like flip a switch and just say like, okay, I'm a mom now as they're, you know, it's just, they're learning on the go and just to see, you know, my wife excel, um, you know, at this and just, um, yeah, almost just, um, open up a new part of herself. Um, that was, you know, clearly always there somewhere. Um, just, you know, now that there's a, a child that kind of comes to, to center stage and just see her be so, um, you know, caring and compassionate. And uh, like you mentioned, just selfless. It's really funny that you mentioned that because no decision she makes is without our daughter in mind now, right? And that it just becomes second nature her to her immediately, um, mm. which is just like, okay, yeah, what are we having for dinner? But oh, can our daughter eat that? Or like, oh, but do we also have food for her? Or hey, we're going to do the, you know, whatever it is, just even the simplest things from buying groceries to what time we get home from work in the day or whatever. It's like everything now is just revolving around, um, you know, revolving around our daughter, which is, um, it, it's just so fascinating to, to see them kind of just assume this, like you, you use the term superhero. And I think that is very accurate, almost an understatement. Um, and, and yeah, it's just it's it's just really fascinating to see them assume this kind of new uh, persona, I guess, almost for lack of a better term, which is funny because we've known them in such a different way up until this point. Right. Like we've known them as uh, girlfriend and then fiance and then wife and even those changes in and of themselves. Chris, I don't know about you, but I remember every once in a while we thought, you know, after we got married, we'd kind of look at each other and be like, oh, you're my wife. Like, oh, you're yeah. my husband. Like it seemed weird to say, you know, yeah, we and still, now, my wife and I still call each other girlfriend and boyfriend because we just think it's so weird to call yeah. each other husband and wife. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's just really, where that's funny. It's like, oh, like, yeah, we got married and, and now it's like, oh, now we, you know, now it's you know, we refer to each other as, you know, mama or dada, because we're always talking to our child, right? So it'd be like, oh, yeah, dada or mama. And then it's just like this weird, like, you know, new, um, you know, relationship or role that you find yourself in, um, which is, which is so funny. So yeah. Have you, um, you know, we, we a couple of weeks ago talked a little bit about maternity leave. Um, and, uh, um, you know, the difficulties in balancing a professional career. Um, you know, of course, to be veterinarians, uh, both of our wives had to work extremely hard to get to where they are and had to be quite, I mean, let's be frank quite about, about what it is to go through the program, uh, to be competitive and, and achieving as much as you possibly can. Um, I feel like another thing that I've noticed a little bit is, um, what would be the word? I, I think a, a stepping back from the, from, a valuing of the sort of competitive nature of the professional work environment and saying, you know, I'm okay with a, 
achieving less on paper if what it means is I spend more time as a mom and I'm I'm okay with putting, you know, kind of that driven next step, next step part of, of my career, kind of putting that to the side. Um, and that's another big change that I've noticed because, you know, you and I sat in the library with our wives for, you know, like 24 hours in a row sometimes studying. And so to, to see that drivenness translate into something else, that that drivenness is an, an innate character is an innate characteristic of them. And it's not just being driven to be a vet, it's being driven and then taking that and, and putting that into motherhood and being like the best mother ever, instead of, you know, trying to achieve whatever you want on paper in a, in a career. I mean, I think, I mean, you've known me for a long time and I've largely been quite driven in my career to get to a certain place. But then when you become a parent, it, it kind of becomes a little bit less important. And so to see that change as well in my wife that, you know, I've only known her as a vet and vet student, and she's only known me as a vet and vet student. And now I see her as not a vet at all. I see her as a mom more than anything. Um, and for her to be just so incredible at this entirely different job in an eye blink um, is really, really amazing. Yeah, it's it's funny. You mentioned the term driven. Um, and that is, um, I always joke with my wife that that's the one word I would use to describe her, which is very, it is very driven. Um, and I say that both to poke fun at her and to compliment her. Um, and I think it's something that is very interesting. And we actually had an episode pretty much dedicated to this, which was just how has our perspective changed as we became dads? Yeah, um, yeah, but I yeah. think we also have to remember that I, you know, we are certainly not a podcast about motherhood by any means, but that obviously, you know, when you become a parent, that perspective changes greatly. And so, um, yes, it's been very interesting to see that um, not that they become any less passionate about their careers, of course, um, you know, but when your priorities change um, and your, um, like you mentioned, you know, your passions, um, you know, change and that type of thing. I mean, they basically added on an additional full-time job, yeah. right? To not only being doctors, but now they've got an additional full-time job that they're apparently just supposed to always be doing at any other point when they're not actually at their career. Um, and, but to see the, um, you, you know, you kind of mentioned the priority, um, you know, obviously they prioritize being veterinarians. That's what they have been, you know, that's what they were born to do. That's what they are fantastic at. But, um, you, you know, the, the idea and I know we talked about this a lot in vet school um, and, and that they were told this, you know, like being a veterinarian is only part of your life. Um, you know, it's only part of who you are. It's not entirely who you are. Um, but then when you become a parent, I mean, that's not, I was going to say, that's not something you can ever escape. Uh, that makes it sound a little more uh, like a jail sentence that I mean it, but, <laughs> um, but like we get to go home at the end of the day from our jobs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But when we go home, we are home with our child, uh, with our child, who is that's a full time job. Like that job doesn't ever leave you, right? From when you're when you wake up to when you go to bed. And so just to see them, you know, still be able to be passionate about their careers, but then to come home and exceed uh, and excel at this new full time job that they have, and see the you know the joy that they take from it um, is uh, is is really. Uh, quite, quite, uh, you know, fascinating, endearing, and, 
and, and a real joy to see. Um, the one thing I found interesting about it, you know, you mentioned the selflessness, um, which is, um, you know, they don't really ever take anything from themselves. Um, and when they do, you know, in those times when I know like my wife has, you know, felt like she's been being selfish, I'm using air quotes, even though we're only in an uh, audio medium, but um, is is really just in the interest of self-care. You know, like that's when they think they're being selfish is when they just want to take yeah, a few minutes yeah. to look after yeah, themselves. Yeah, well, I'm being right? so selfish. I'm going to take a shower. Right. You know? Yeah. So like I remember, you know, uh, every once How in a selfish. while, my, uh, you know, my wife will want to just, you know, sit in the bubble bath and she'll kind of, you know, I'll be cleaning up dinner and my daughter will be still in our high chair and whatever. She'll be like, would it be okay if I went up and just took a bath? And I'm just like, you really feel bad about asking that? Like, you know, because they just have this so, you know, this, um, you know, it's like their heart, you know, they're like, uh, I was gonna say they're like the Grinch, the after Grinch when his heart grew three sizes, not the before, the after, um, you know, because that clarification was necessary. That, yeah, was that should not, not go without saying that needed like, to be said. Um, but, but me I mean, for, they, a, for a moment there, you were like, it's, you know, they're kind of like the Grinch. Wait, 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 wait for him to finish. Cause this, this is yeah. better. This better pick up here. <laughs> Um, like, because like their heart has grown so much, right. That they're take that they, you know, they just feel this, you know, overwhelming, you know, kind of, you know, love for this tiny human that they've, that they've created, um, that they almost feel bad, you know, taking time to take care of themselves, um, which, uh, no parent, mother or father really should ever feel bad about taking time to take care of themselves. But it's just, you know, that is the time when they feel like they're being selfish because mm -hmm. they're taking time to look after themselves. Um, and, uh, which, which I thought was, was, was really interesting yeah, to kind of it, like see that like thought process go through their brain that like, yeah, like taking a bubble bath for a half hour or so, so she could put something, uh, uh, you know, probably reality TV of some kind, you know, on Netflix while she's soaked in the tub, like that, that was her idea of being selfish, you know? Right. It's interesting. My, um, my wife and I were kind of um, having a bit of reflection today on when, when she was maybe very, very early, you know, three, four months pregnant, we had said, uh, this was kind of when COVID was sort of just in its earlier days. And we figured it would be over by this, uh, you know, at this point where we are now. Um, spring 2021. And so we had said, you know, maybe, you know, maybe three or four months after she's born, um, why don't, why don't we see, uh, you know, grandma's just right, right nearby. Why don't we think about getting away for a long weekend and uh, grandma can, can take care of her. And we thought, oh, that'd be a great idea, you know, and we kind of thought about where we would go. And uh, I remember my, my mom saying to us, yeah, but are you going to get there and be comfortable with, with leaving her behind? I mean, are you, are you going to get to that point and be able to leave her for the weekend? And we were sitting there, this was like almost a year ago now, almost laughing, you know, almost laughing like, yeah, sure, sure, we won't be ready for a weekend away from her. Mm -hmm. And then today we were talking about it again, like, oh, shame we never went on that trip. My wife was like, yeah, I, I, you know, I probably couldn't have left her behind. So I probably couldn't have gone anyway. And so to see that, that incredible change from, you know, that, 
you know, you mentioned uh, that f- having self-care feels like selfishness, that any kind of thing beyond self-care is just beyond selfishness. Is like, how could I possibly do this? How could I leave her behind? Um, and so it really is interesting to see that change happen before your eyes. We, uh, we went uh, out for dinner with friends uh, not too long ago, uh, you know, within the past week. Uh, so my wife and I, and then, you know, our friends, husband and wife. Um, and so they actually have five kids. Um, so they are, they're the real MVPs, but, um, uh, but it was just really funny. So we had, you know, my mother-in-law come over and it was one of the first times that neither my wife or I have put our daughter to bed, um, for the evening. And, uh, so kudos to my mother-in-law. Uh, it went great. Um, but, um, I just like, I remember just having this kind of just weird feeling under, you know, that it was just like, it was like, uh, I'm at a restaurant and it wasn't even the fact that like, <laughs> you know, the wait the, the waitress was wearing a mask or, you know, anything like it was, it was nothing like it was kind of our first almost like restaurant experience during COVID almost. Um, but it was, um, it, it wasn't any of that. That was the weird point. It was kind of just like, a you know, should we even be here right now? Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was a very bizarre <laughs> concept to, to just be, yeah, out in a way. Um, which was really funny that I was just like, ah, so this is, so this is that feeling. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> and I know my wife, uh, my, my wife felt it too, but. Well, Christian, we, we closed out the last episode or sorry, last episode, last segment by talking about how incredibly important our moms were to us. So I'm just going to take a brief moment to close out my portion of this segment by saying, um, to my wife, how incredible, I mean, truly um, unbelievably amazing beyond any skill level or um, emotional or, or uh, any kind of intelligence that I have. She's just beyond all of it. Um, impressed me so much in everything that she's done. My wife, I love you so much. I love you more than the first day I met you. And thank you so much for being an incredible wife uh, and an incredible mom to our daughter. Um, it's been amazing watching you be a mom and uh, hopefully many, many more decades of, of watching you continue to grow and be the incredible mom and maybe someday grandmother that, um, that you are today. So I love you. And to, and to my wife, I know strength is a word that I use to, to describe her a lot. Uh, and, but uh, nothing has I- impressed me more than watching her become, uh, become a mother from even just the, the moment that our daughter was born to, um, to the, the mother and woman uh, that she is, that she is now. She impresses me more and more every day. And uh, to my wife, I love you. Um, I would not be the man that I am, the father that I am um, uh, without you. And from our little Nuggie uh, to you, I know that she appreciates appreciates you being her mother. And so I love you. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. And we will close out this segment just like we closed out the first one uh, with a little bit of sentimental uh, sentimental, uh, segment here. So, uh, we will, uh, be right back in just a minute here and we're going to close us out, uh, with another recurring segment. This has been the dad joke loading podcast. I'm Christian. That's Chris. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the dad joke loading podcast. We're going to close things out with one of our, um, truly favorite recurring segments, which is another edition of Rapid Fire. 
And of course, with this being our Mother's Day episode, this is a Mother's Day rapid fire. So Christian, uh, we're going to dance around a few different topics here. Are you? Uh, I'm going to give you a few different options. Some of them will be multiple choice and some of them will be quick answers. But in the spirit of uh, rapid fire, we'll do our best to keep it rapid and we'll wrap things up. All right. How does that sound? Sounds good to me. Okay. So uh, way back playback to our time growing up in the 90s and early 2000s. Better song, Stacy's Mom by Fountains of Wayne or Dear Mama by Tupac Shakur? Stacy's Mom. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, classic. I'm with you there, 100%. Um, so, going back to growing up in the 90s, the favorite food that your mom makes, dessert or savory, doesn't matter. Uh, so, really funny, uh, my mom actually does zero cooking. I had no idea. I um, so, my mom, when she met my dad, the one thing she's like, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll buy you dinner, I'll take us out to eat, but she's like, I cannot cook worth a damn. Uh, but one thing that my mom would always try to make was, do you remember those like uh, shake and bake um, things where you like, you, you, Oh you, yeah. Yeah. With came, the chicken drumstick. Right. With yeah, the chicken's drumstick. Yeah. And like you yeah. brought the chicken drumsticks, but then you put it in a bag and you literally just had to like shake it up in the bag and then put it in the oven. Um, that was one thing my mom could do. Um, so I <laughs> guess because it's the only thing I have to, that I can say that she actually made, I will say shake and bake chicken. <laughs> That's a really good answer. And my mom made that growing up as well. Um, well, let me, uh, let me ask you real quick then I'll extend it. One is there, is there a favorite restaurant that your mom took you to growing up? It can be fast food. It can be ice cream, but a favorite eating hole that you and your mom went to. Um, there was a place just down the street, actually right across from my elementary school named Ray's place. So this particular owner whose name was Ray and it was kind of your typical, it wasn't a pub. It was a family restaurant, but it had pub style food. Um, and I remember going there a lot with my mom as a kid because my, and I remember this one time my dad was away at a conference. And so my mom had to look after my brother and I for maybe the weekend. It was maybe a couple of days. I'm pretty sure we ate at Ray's place for multiple meals each day <laughs> because my mom was like, nope, not doing it. And so we just went to Ray's place and ate a lot of food. So that's what I remember <laughs> specifically. What about you? Did your mom make something when you were growing up that you remember? That's a good answer. Yep, absolutely. It was one one big thing for me, which was um, homemade macaroni and cheese. Mm. So you know, growing up in Canada, this I, it's on. It's interesting. I think a lot of Americans might not necessarily know this because um, I, I never saw it when I was living in California. But craft dinner. KD um, is a pretty popular uh, Canadian, you know, uh, macaroni and cheese essentially comes with pasta and this very specific kind of yellow powder that you mix with it. Um, so when we were growing up, my mom would make her own pasta or like her own macaroni and cheese. Um, and uh, she would load it with cheese, mm -hmm. you know, like with with real Gouda. And that just that was just something else. And so we always knew it was a special day when mom was making homemade mac and cheese. So that was it for me for sure. Um, so going to switch gears a little bit. We're talking about growing up in the 90s, something that has come full circle in the last five to 10 years from when we were growing up. Christian, mom jeans, love it or list it? Love it. Love it? All right. All right. I'm a, I'm a list it. But you know, whatever makes you comfortable, right? That's the most important thing. Well, that's why I say love it, because I feel like, yeah, I mean, if, like, you know, like, you know, rock it if that's a, if that's what you're most comfortable and then go it, for it. Yeah. It's that incredible, incredible line from community where um, Troy says, uh, you know, I'm most attracted to women in pajamas because I just want them to be comfortable. <laughs> and that's it's such a great line because it's so it's such true. a good line. Such it's a good so line. True. 
All right. Um, better television mom, Lucille Bluth, Arrested Development, or Moira Rose, Schitt's Creek? Oh, Moira Rose. Um, mm. For two reasons. Lucille was the worst. Uh, <laughs> she, like, I mean, in the funniest way, but she was just the worst. Um, and uh, one of, but Moira Rose, I mean, I guess maybe I'm also a little bit biased, just Catherine O'Hara being Canadian. Um, but Canadian. But um, just the way that, you know, Moira in just like the most... Um, you know, blissful way just thinks she is being the best mom, but really she's just being the worst. (laughs) Um, And when she tries to teach David how to cook and, you know, they're folding in the cheese um, that it just, yeah, perfect. So um, Moira Rose. I mean, I can't argue with your answer and I can't argue with the reasoning, but you know where I'm going with this one every single time. It's Lucille Bluth from my favorite show, Arrested Development. Um, Jessica Walters actually, I believe, just passed away, unfortunately. Yes, she did. Yes, you are right. Um, yes. So our thoughts very much go out to her and uh, and her family. But an incredible character, a well-acted character, um, just some some killer lines. You know, I love all my children equally, Michael, except Job. I don't care for Job. Well, now just I feel now I feel bad for speaking uh, speaking. I just called the a poor dead woman the worst. Uh, I feel <laughs> well, I feel you, bad about you that. You did honor to her because the character she was trying to portray as the worst was successfully portrayed. Abs- as oh, the absolutely, worst. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, she was fantastic in that role. So. All right, changing gears a little bit more. Uh, we're going to bring it to the Mother's Day aspect to this. So, do you have a Mother's Day tradition with your mom? Uh, no, uh, not specifically. No, um, obviously spending time with, um, you know, with her, uh, my mom, uh, she probably wouldn't be too thrilled about me saying this, but my mom does enjoy, uh, a a Chardonnay or two, uh, now and again. And so typically there is some wine and cheese involved. Those are, you know, probably two of her favorite things. But, uh, one tradition I do have with my mom, which actually is related to my birthday. I know I'm diverging a little bit is actually eating carrot cake. Um, Mm. And the reason being is because the night I was born, she was, I was a few days early. She was on her way to a dessert uh, cafe, as it were, as she describes it, to eat the whole carrot cake because she was very (laughs) pregnant at the time. So she was on her way to eat carrot cake and never got to because uh, I announced my arrival um, before she got to eat it. So now on my birthday with my mom, I eat carrot cake every year to uh, honor the carrot cake she didn't get to eat that night many moons ago. So That is a great um, story. So, I love that. I had no idea. That's so, amazing. Yeah. What about you? Do you have a tradition with your mom? Um, well, actually, kind of a, a, an interesting non-tradition, if I can say it that way. So when I was in um, high school, I participated in this thing that you know I'm sure will talk about in a future episode called reach for the top Mm. which is essentially this um you know it's a it's a trivia game basically that you play in your high school you play for your school and then you can play in your university as well you play in a team of four um so the provincial finals were always on mother's day weekend every year and of course my mom never wanted me to to miss it if we qualified and so um she'd always say you know go go of course we'll celebrate mother's day when you get back um, but you know, we, we went to provincial finals all four years of high school and then most of university as well. And so the, for like 10 years, nearly, it was a running joke that we essentially never spent mother's day together on mother's day and always celebrated it the weekend after. And so now I just feel like for the next kind of 
for basically for the rest of my life, I'm just owing her a million Mother's Days, essentially. Mm-hmm. So that's our non-tradition tradition. Um, what about, uh, you know, Christian, you've talked about in a previous episode about one of the things that brings you and your daughter closer together is music and that you love singing to your daughter. Um, what about a song? I know your mom is quite musical, a song that maybe your mom sang you when you were uh, young, either as a lullaby or to calm you down. Is there a particular song that your mom sang to you? I'm sure there is. I'm completely blanking on what they might be. Um, <laughs> so I know my mom uh, loved to um, to play a lot for me. So I mean, she would always be playing the piano and things of that nature. Uh, as uh, actually, what she's one of the songs uh, I think I've referenced Sharon, Lois, and Bram. Um, yes. which, and so with the, you know, skin and uh, and all that, she now sings that with my daughter. Uh, so that was a song that we used to sing together that she sings, um, to, to my daughter now, which is a really, uh, a really neat thing. Um, she definitely sang me lullabies to go to sleep, um, for sure as we go down. But I think the one that comes to mind specifically, probably because I now sing it still all the time now in my, uh, you know, early thirties, um, but also now with my daughter, um, would be the Skinnamarink song by Sharon nice, Lois and classic, Bram. So classic. Yeah. Very good. Um, lullaby that my mom sang me was, uh, believe it or not, starry, starry night, or I think it's called Vincent by Don McLean. Oh yeah. Um, same guy who did American pie. So, uh, kind of adapted that as a lullaby. And that was, that was my lullaby when I was growing up. Great, great song. And then, uh, and then a Dutch song called How Ya, which, uh, which she always sang whenever I cried. So those always stick out of my mind. All right, two more. We're almost there. Um, have you ever taken a one-on-one trip with your mom before? Hmm. I don't know that I have. No, I, you know what? I, I actually am, and strugg- am struggling to think of one uh, th- that I have taken uh, one-on-one. Now, that being said, I know there have been times, um, so for example, whenever uh, the World Juniors and Team Canada have been nearby, uh, my mom is very into that, so I would have taken her. Um, she used to have Blue Jays season's tickets, mm. um, and so uh, I've taken her definitely for some Mother's Day baseball, baseball trips, but that being said, I'm pretty sure Dad tagged along for all of those just because, you know, uh, those are opportunities. <laughs> well, he's not that... going to miss the baseball, yeah, right? Uh, yeah, Even right. as a Pirates Exactly, so, uh, so in those types of things. But yeah, to be honest with you, I don't know that I've actually ever taken a specific one-on-one uh, trip with my mom before, to be honest with you. So, all right, all right. Well, that's very something to do. I did not know that. Um, add it to the add it to the post COVID list. As I said to, to a neighbor the other day, we've just got we've we've all got these lists of things in our back pocket for as soon as COVID is over. Um, I've taken one uh, one kind of long trip with my mom, which was when I came back from my um, my time living in California. We drove back together um, up the Pacific Coast and across Canada. One of the best trips I've ever taken in my life. If you're an American and get the opportunity to drive across America or a Canadian who gets the opportunity to drive across Canada or either a Canadian or American that gets the chance to do both, I highly recommend taking that opportunity. Uh, it is These are two incredible countries with incredible geography. And if you can make that drive together once in a lifetime. All right, last question, Christian, and I think it's a very appropriate one to end our Mother's Day episode on. If you could buy, money aside, any Mother's Day gift in the world for your mom, knowing your mom, what would it be? What would she want? A concert grand piano. 
Oh, wow. That's a that's a great answer. I had no idea. My mom, uh, as I say, was, is a fantastic piano player, was a piano teacher, um, and did all of her, um, you know, piano tests and everything all the way up to, and you know, the accreditation for, um, you know, being a, a full-time piano teacher. Uh, she was a music teacher um, for a good chunk of her career. Um, and I know that is one thing that now in retirement, she spends um, a lot of time doing because it brings her her a lot of joy. And I know one thing she always wanted was a uh, now we have a grand piano or she has a grand piano in her home. Um, that was something she actually bought herself. Um, she treated herself <laughs> at her, re her retirement and got one, but uh, it's certainly not a concert grand piano. So I want her to get the the 30 foot Steinway, you know, that she could uh, wake up all the neighbors as she keeps playing. So, um, <laughs> so I would say a concert grand piano, um, you know, maybe with a, um, yeah, a side of, uh, Maybe Blue Jays season's tickets. Nice. I feel like nice, she would yeah. definitely want to go back to those times. But I'll stick with concert grand piano. What about you? Tucked in between the keys, right? All the Maybe she could be the concert grand piano player for the at, Blue Jays. At the game. Yeah. yeah like, she, you know, yeah. like I know they have the organ, but whatever. She could do that. Yeah. So, she yeah. just rocking a concert grand so bang, somewhere in between bang, left center field. Yeah. That's the so. Yeah. Okay. I changed my answer then. That's the answer I want. <laughs> that's the answer. Yeah. Um, well, for, for my mom, I think I'd go, uh, similarly grand, so to speak, I'd get, um, I would get her, her own library, I think. And if in particular, if I was getting it really specific, I would get her, um, an old, uh, library filled with mahogany bookshelves somewhere in England, filled with a bunch of first edition copies of, uh, either English, Renaissance English literature or some mystery novels. Mm. Um, that, that would be. Um, that would be heaven for sure. They would have to have one of those amazing like wooden ladders that slide yeah. on the rail, right? I feel like that has to go with every old timey library. Absolutely. And ideally some hidden panels, you know, you got to have some staircases. Even shelves the just, basement. yeah, that's even though, even if they went to nowhere, just one that you could <laughs> just step into and it would turn, even if it just went over to the next shelf, I would need to be able to do that. Always. Have yeah. A, yeah. A secret book somewhere. Yeah. That, <laughs> a necessity. That. Well, something for us to work for Christian, because our moms definitely deserve that kind of gift. And uh, our, I know our wives do and our grandmothers do. Um, all of the women in our lives do, um, because on this, our Mother's Day episode, we thank our moms and our wives so, so sincerely for everything they do for us. Um, we are just a couple of talking fools who couldn't tie their own shoelaces together if it wasn't for the incredible women in our lives. And we love you very much. So this has been another uh, episode of Dad Joke Loading. Boy, we are just packing the episodes away here. We will see you next week uh, for another non-Mother's Day uh, edition episode. And we would love for you to check us out on Instagram or Twitter. And we would absolutely love to continue the conversation with you. Um, hit us up with an email, dadjokeloadingpodcast at gmail.com. We love reading your emails. We'd love to read them out on the show. So let us know. Um, and other than that, Christian, I hope you have a great week, my friend. It was great to talk to you as always. Thank you to producer Ryan. Thank you to Michael Spicer Music and Vishal Murthy, the vet cartoonist. And most of all, on this Mother's Day, thank you to our wives, moms, and all the wonderful women in our lives. Thanks very much. And we'll talk to you again. Thanks.